Are you harnessing the immense influence of user-generated content fully to skyrocket your brand's digital presence? From creating Instagrammable moments to fostering a community of passionate advocates, there is a universe within UGC waiting for you to explore. Get ready to dive into actionable strategies and hear success stories that will transform your approach to customer-centric marketing. For all this insightful buzz and exclusive tips from our UGC wizard from down under, Catherine McCauley. So make sure you stay tuned to the end to this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your, your digital, digital marketing, marketing coach. coach. Helping you grow your business with digital-first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer. Hey, everybody. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, and welcome to episode number 353 of this podcast. Today is going to be all about user-generated content, and when I think about user-generated content, I actually think about how and why this interview took place. So to give you an update, for those of you that have been following my journey in writing my book, I am really excited to say that my manuscript, in other words, working with my developmental editor over a few rounds, it is now finally ready for the process of line editing slash copy editing slash proofreading, i.e., I guess you could call it production. So that I am hoping to start the process this week. And then I'm going to have an estimated time as to when this book is going to be ready. I am hoping it is going to be sometime in the May timeframe. If you want to be part of my launch team, which I am preparing, and I'm going to be offering a heck of a lot of value to those that join me and support me on this journey, go to neilshafer.com slash newsletter and make sure you sign up to my newsletter so that I can keep you abreast of the activities. I will say in parallel, while this book is being edited, I am working on not just the audiobook, which I might actually release before the actual book. And the audiobook is going to be based on the version that is going to be different than the final version of the book. It'll actually have probably 5 to 10% more content, and it'll be more like this podcast, which used to be called Social Business Unplugged, for those that remember the history. And if you go back to the very first episodes, you can hear that sort of like the demo tracks, the outtakes of a studio recording. So I'm really excited to be offering something unique. And yes, I will be personally recording the audio for this audiobook. And if that wasn't enough, I am also working on a workbook. That's right. An actual physical workbook that will guide you through exercises so that you can maximize and internalize everything that I teach. So yeah, a lot of exciting things to happen in the next few months. I, I feel it's going to go by really quickly. So every day I'm just trying to plan things appropriately. But as part of writing this book, there are several strategies that a decade ago, a book on digital marketing would not include that I made sure I doubled down on including them today in this book that I am writing. 
And one of those is user-generated content. Now, I am always looking, well, I was looking for case studies to put in my book. And user-generated content, I mean, you know, GoPro and Starbucks and all these famous brands, but this is really a book for a lot of you who are in small businesses. You might be a small business owner yourself, or you're an entrepreneur, or you are a creator. And therefore, I wanted to find examples that would be actionable by anyone. And when I talked about this, it was actually episode number 334. For those of you that have been listening, you know that a lot of the episodes that I recorded over the last 12 months were specifically to help flesh out content from my book. So episode number 334, which if you're interested in user-generated content, I highly recommend you check out. It was published back on August 30th, about six months ago, but it was called Reimagine Your Social Media with User-Generated Content. Now, when I posted about this, I had one encouraging DM appear in my inbox from someone named Catherine McCauley, who I think we were following each other because we're both involved in social media marketing, but had never really engaged. And she told me about how much she loved UGC. It's so underutilized. She's had a lot of success with it. She does UGC workshops in Australia. And I thought, wow, this is someone that I can really learn from and maybe even feature her in my book. So it's funny because... Over the course of a month, I get between 20, 25, 30 requests to be interviewed on this podcast, but it's the person that doesn't request to be interviewed that just wants to offer value and is as passionate about educating and empowering others that I am. Those are the people that I want to introduce to you because I want to learn from them as well. And I know that if I can learn from them, it's going to be equally, if not more valuable for you. So that is how this podcast episode came up. And uh, yeah, it definitely helped me flesh out even better content for my book. And Catherine will be featured in this book. If you're asking about the title, I have yet to tell anyone the title until it is 100% finalized, but I hope to do so in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, I'm really excited about the interview. Before we get to the interview, I've been experimenting recently with these different segments. And one segment that I want to continue using is the introduction of AI tools. I think that, you know, someone like myself who has been following marketing tools, who's always blogged about them, podcasted about them. I used to even have my own conference called the Social Tool Summit. We are seeing just a new generation of technology. And what's beautiful about this technology is the smaller the business you are, the more empowering it is. Now, today I want to introduce you to a tool that I talked about in the last episode, my uh, recap of PodFest, which is this podcasting conference. It is a tool that a lot of people were talking about called Cast Magic. Now, when I recorded this podcast, the very beginning, you heard what we can call a teaser. A teaser is what appears right before my intro. And it started with, are you harnessing the immense influence of user-generated content? And it ended with, so stay tuned to the next episode of the Original Marketing Coach Podcast. That little snippet was developed by using this tool, Cast Magic. Cast Magic is an AI tool that allows you to import audio or video, and then it just provides you with a ton of different content pieces that you can repurpose for whatever you need. Now, I had already interviewed Catherine on my YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash Neil Schaefer and go to the live tab, you'll be able to actually see this interview. But I was basically able to take that URL put it into cast magic. And five minutes later, I had 10 different titles, 30 different keywords that I could use for SEO. I had speaker bios an introduction, a timestamped overview, questions, 
that I can use as teasers in LinkedIn posts or Instagram posts, key topics and bullets. I even had a clip finder for quotes, hooks, and timestamps. I can go back and maybe uh, go into a, a program like Opus Clip and now create reels out of these. It actually had a real script, a sample LinkedIn post, a sample newsletter, uh, a sample tweet thread, and even a sample threads by Instagram thread. And then the teaser that I recorded, that is actually a custom prompt that I added. And if you were curious, what is a custom prompt? I basically just said, please create a short paragraph to act as a teaser to hook in the listener and introduce what they will learn from listening to the entire episode so that I can keep them listening to the end. Please make sure you end the paragraph with, in quotes, so stay tuned to this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach Podcast. And that is the teaser that it created for me. Pretty compelling. If you want to try this out, I sincerely hope that you will go to my affiliate link. Obviously, this helps support the show at no additional cost to you. That link is going to be neilshaver.com slash castmagic. C-A-S-T-M-A-G-I-C. You'll be able to try it out for free. And I would love to hear what you know, uh, what you think I should say. And I will say that I had a phone call, or I should say a Zoom call with someone from Cast Magic today. And I'm looking forward to doing more collaborations with them because this software is not just for podcasters. It's for anybody that has a Zoom meeting. It's for people that do sales calls. They even have an iOS app that if you wanted to go to a conference and go around the 10 different booths, and ask them about their tool and record that all in the iOS app, you can then automatically create a blog post review of those 10 tools from that conference. I think you get the picture. It is a pretty, 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 in the words of Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, pretty amazing tool that I think is really a game changer. And it's more of a platform tool that you can use for a variety of purposes that I think is going to become a sticky part of many creators and businesses Martech stack. So anyway, neilshafer.com slash cast magic. I'm going to stop there. Let's go right now to the interview with Catherine McCauley. You're listening to your digital marketing coach. This is Neil Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live stream edition of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. You know, recently on almost every episode, I've had this call to action. And the call to action is, I would be honored if you were one of the chosen few that went over to Apple Podcasts and actually reviewed this podcast. So I can hit my goal of 100 reviews by the end of the year. But th this is not that call to action. It is an example of if you engage with a content creator, whether it's me or another podcast or another YouTube or another blogger, you never know what the consequences might be. Case in point, it was a few... Well, when you hear the podcast several episodes ago where I did a dedicated episode on the power, the value of user-generated content, and I was very transparent in that I was developing that content for my book, which last night, I finally finished the final chapter of the rough draft. But when I released that episode, I had one person who is a, also a huge fan of user-generated content, someone that does workshops on user-generated content, someone that works with businesses to help them with their user-generated content, reach out to me from down under in Australia. And I said, you need to be on my show, right? We all need to hear your case studies. And in fact, I would love to use a case study we hear today in my next book because the timing is just perfect. So I think that is just a great example of when you engage with a content creator or an influencer, whoever they may be, you never know where that's going to go. So I want to encourage you to do more of that. 
I don't care if it's me or anyone else, but I just think that there can be so much benefit for both parties when you do that. And with that in mind, I want to thank today's special guest from Australia, uh, Catherine McCauley, for going out of her way to engage with me. And here we are, just a few weeks later, she is on the Your Digital Marketing Podcast. So Catherine, welcome. Hi, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for everyone joining in today. I'm excited to be here. And yes, I love UGC. So when I hear other people talking about it, I get pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. And, and here we are. So Catherine, can you give a little background? You know, you had mentioned you have a company, A Guide To. Catherine's handle, by the way, is a guide to underline social media, one word. So you have this company, a guide to helping a lot of businesses in Australia with their, their Instagram, their user general content workshops, consulting. Tell us, you know, basically, you know, what is it that you do and how did you get started doing it? Yes. Yeah, so most people know me as a guide to social media and I help people just a lot of local businesses with their Instagram strategies and obviously trying to encourage people to use UGC because we'll talk through the benefits during this episode. But um, I run some local business and tourism guides basically on Instagram and all of the content or most of it is user-generated content that I use. So I'm doing it every day, collecting it, sorting it, using it and I see all the benefits of it and through that word of mouth is how I get a lot of the consulting business that I do which is helping people one-on-one or running workshops and I also help out at events which is another really great place to get a lot of user-generated content. Absolutely so Catherine we're going to go deep really deep in the UGC today but in this podcast episode that I recorded I challenged companies to think 100% user-generated content. So, so I, I want to ask you, do you have businesses that you work with where they actually have a 100% user-generated content strategy or in place? I don't, but I do almost on my accounts, um, which I can talk about in a little bit. So mine are, yeah, probably 90% UGC, a couple of the accounts that I run, and I can talk about that in a minute but before we get started we did want to say to get rolling with UGC um we would love you guys to take a photo of Neil and I so you have to put a screenshot up for both of us and tag us preferably on Instagram so Neil's handles at Neil Schaefer and mine is at a guide to underscore social media so if you tag us in your stories or your posts and share that with your audience that's user-generated content. So you share that, all of your audience see that and learn about our businesses, but then we get to share that as well. So we're getting, you know, free content basically from the people watching this, which is what UGC is sort of all about. Absolutely. I just wanted to, in real time, be able to put this banner on the video. So yes. Take a photo, tag Neil Schaefer. Come on, you know how to spell my name, right? Hopefully. And a guy too, underline social media on the socials. And yeah, I mean, there's no better way to, you know, understand UGC than by actually doing it. It's funny because this reminds me, we had someone who maybe you've heard of in the Instagram. But do you know a Sue Zimmerman? Yes. Okay. So Sue is really famous in the Instagram space as well. Yeah. She actually came to one of the conferences that used to run called the Social Tool Summit. She came back in 2015 
and did an Instagram takeover, took over our channel and was posting on Instagram. But she also said, hey, everybody in the room, you know, I want you all to take a picture and post it on Instagram. And that way you get, you understand how Instagram works. And obviously this is very, very early days. So, but I think the same experiment here with user generated content makes a lot of sense, right? And perhaps a lot of people here have already experienced user-generated content without knowing that it is user-generated content. So why don't we take a step back, Catherine, and just you know guide us through exactly, let's begin with the definition of what is UGC. Okay, thanks. Now, I'm sort of talking about this more from an organic perspective of, of the general public and customers creating content rather than a paid perspective. So user-generated content can also be called customer-created content. Um, it's any content created by customers and the public about your business, event, products or services. So it's people sharing content about your business through stories, reels, feed posts, photos, videos, product reviews, testimonials. It's basically digital word of mouth and people are doing it all the time. Like you think if you go out to a cafe, you might take a photo of your coffee, you might post it to share with your friends, but if the business actually actively promoted their handle and you could see it on the table or up on the wall or something, you'd probably tag them. That is user-generated content. And then they are resharing that other people are seeing it. It's really relatable because people are like, oh, that looks great and it's realistic. And then the person who's posted it not only tags you, but all their friends and family see that content and they're like, oh, where is she? That cafe looks great. Oh, that meal looks really good. I want to go there. So it's just free advertising from your customers and they're doing it anyway. So you have to try and capture it. And that's what having a strategy is about is trying to capture that content because a lot of people will be sharing it and you wouldn't even know about it. Really, really great stuff. So I think any business creator, influencer can use it. You just have to ask for it, get people to create content about your business, tag you, and then you share it. So it's just a really relatable, more trusted way for other audiences. They trust their friends and family. Like you can post something about your business, you know, professional photos or videos, but if they see their friend posting something saying that it's good, you know, even today if people post a screenshot of this now and say, oh, check out this amazing podcast, well, they're going to head over and check it out and listen to it and you've got a new customer, not from anything not from your promotions, but from someone else promoting it for you. So it's um, just really an untapped gold mine. Yeah, you know, it really is. The, I mean, the holy grail of marketing is word of mouth marketing. And I think I, I get back to that promise of social media when it first emerged of, oh, viral word of mouth marketing. But that's really user generated content represents that word of mouth, right? It really is sort of the closest thing to that. And it's funny because you mentioned, we're not going to talk about in the paid aspect. We're going to get to that later on in this conversation. I also want to get back to the 100% UGC versus why it always ends up being more like 90% instead of 100%. But anyway, those are two things remind me to, to uh, talk about later on. So, you know, you talked about, obviously, what is UGC? Who can use UGC? I would argue even B2B businesses. Everybody mm -hmm. wants people talking about them. So it's not just consumer mm -hmm. brands. It could be nonprofits, obviously. They want to help spread the word. 
It could be politicians. I mean, anybody who wants to spread the word about what they do or their business, a creator. And, you know, you also mentioned the great reasons for doing UGC, relatable digital word of mouth, new and interesting way of showcasing your business. So for those that are listening or watching and saying, you know, we, we already have some word of mouth maybe, but how do we get more of this? Where would you recommend people get started yeah. in the process of actually creating that strategy? You know, where do you begin? Yeah. It's actually very easy and very basic. So there's two main things that you first have to look at, which is, I guess I'm mainly talking about from Instagram here, but you can apply this to any platform. So you need to promote your handle, so your account name. People need to know how to tag you. So just, for example, at Neil Schaefer, just putting that everywhere, putting your business handle everywhere on your email signatures, on your posts, actively asking people for it and teaching them how to do it. So just promoting your handle. So it's, it'll be at Neil Schaefer anywhere that you can do it and you know for example regardless of what business it is your Instagram handle you can put it on hard copy materials so like flyers postcards business cards even tags on clothing packaging documents if you send things to people even a book you know Neil you could put a postcard in your book and say thanks so much really appreciate this I'd really love you to tag me you know, with your favourite part of the book or where you're reading it or whatever, tag me at Neil Schaefer. And then suddenly you're going to get all this content coming in of people taking photos of your book or what they liked about it for you to use, but also their business contacts or friends and family are seeing that and like, oh, that book looks good. What's that? And they might go and buy that because you asked someone to tag you. So just promoting your handle Case in point, (laughs) when I sent out the Age of Influence, it's hard to read, but I literally said, share a photo of yourself with a book on social media and tag Neil Schaefer so that Neil can give you a shout out. So exactly, (laughs) right? To be that easy. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just about asking. And like I said before, quite often people are doing it anyway, and maybe they're not tagging you. But if you ask them and they tag you, then you get that content. And this goes for you know, any type of business, cafes, you can put on your tables, coffee cups. If you've got a physical business, signage, you can make artwork out of your handle. Like if you have an office, you know, the entryway to the office, make it photo worthy with your Instagram handle and everyone who wants to come in wants to take a photo of themselves because it's interesting and tag you. And then you're just constantly getting this stream of content coming in so just promoting your handle anywhere even on digital products your website email signature in your social media posts slideshows at the start of if you're doing a presentation you can put it on the first slide and the last slide you can put it on a banner at the bottom so it's just asking yourself in everything that you do am I promoting my handle and my hashtag, which I'll talk about in a minute. So, you know, you could just say, we would love to see how you use X. Please tag us on Instagram using at blah, blah, blah. So it's just really simple, but just having it everywhere, you've got to ask for it and teach people 
that it's okay to do that and that you will share it. So you've got to show them that you share as well and then more people start doing it. And I'll talk about how to sort of get started because obviously initially maybe you don't have anyone tagging you, so you've got to start somewhere. The other way is what's called a branded or custom hashtag. Well, let's so, let's take a step back. Let me just oh, sort yeah. of for, for those listening. So the handle, I guess there, there are two different ways to look at that. One is to actually make it clear to people, to your customers, to people coming to your profile of, you know, tag us with this handle so that we can get to know you. We can give you a pro, whatever that is. But there's that notion of, you know, asking for it. And then that's in the digital world. And then in the physical world, this concept of making an Instagrammable environment in your restaurant where you work at an event where people will naturally want to go to take a photo and understand how easy it is to tag you and, and the benefits of sharing. And maybe, as you said, you know, if you already have people sharing, once you start sharing that UGC, it usually triggers other people to naturally want to share because they see you're already sharing, right? They feel it's okay. So it sounds like that's a natural process that you go through. And once it gets going, it will naturally feed and, and you get more. Is that correct? This is the handle approach. Yes, definitely. And the other benefit of promoting a handle everywhere is also it just brings people to your account. Like they might even know what your account is. So they're just discovering you that way as well. So, you know, it could be at an event or outside your business on your signage and they look up your account, they might start following you as well. So promoting your handle isn't just to get UGC, it's just general marketing as well. But, you know, if you've got a vehicle with your business advertising on it, you know, why not? Don't just have the Instagram logo, which is what a lot of people have. It's like, yeah, that doesn't help me. How do I know who you are? And I think we also have to remember that, you know, the younger the generation, I know the most businesses listening are like, I don't want them to go to my social media. I want them to go to my, my website. But more and more of younger generations will first check you out, not on your website, but on your social handles, specifically Instagram, if not TikTok, depending on their age. So I think that's also an important thing to understand why getting people to your profile and having a profile of user-generated content that shows all of your happy customers is so important today. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it, it's to try and get people to tag you, but also you you might get um, followers out of it as well. So more um, credibility. Yeah. So you you sort of hinted at the branded hashtag as this other approach outside of your branded profile. So tell us more about what that's about and and what would you recommend there? Yeah, I think the branded hashtag. It's hard. I mean, they're, they're both equally as important. But for me, I get a lot more user-generated content from a branded hashtag. So that is a custom hashtag that you use that's unique to your business or event. So you generally just pick one. So mine could be a guide to social media, but even that is a little bit generic. So in the example I'm going to use in a minute about one of my accounts, let's just say a guide to Ocean Grove, it's very specific. So it needs to be really unique in that other people aren't using it. So Neil, your say your name's probably quite unique. So, but just say you wanted a branded hashtag for this podcast or anyone who has a podcast, you could call it the name of the podcast or you could just call it 
Neil Schaefer podcast and then that's what you promote. And when you decide what you're going to use, you have to look it up and make sure other people aren't already using it and it's not too generic. So one of my examples was, you know, just say you're a cafe located in Los Angeles. I'm just making this up. You don't write Los Angeles cafe as your branded hashtag because it's not related to your business specifically and anyone could be using it. It has to be unique. So if your cafe is called you know, the big blue Los Angeles, then your hashtag could be big blue Los Angeles because that's more specific. So look it up, make sure other people aren't using it, make sure it's easy to read and spell. And an easy way to do it is to just try and use your Instagram handle so it's all the same and people aren't wondering what was that again or it was different to that, you know. So having a branded hashtag and then promoting that everywhere People use it in, say, their their posts and reels. And it, in Instagram, you have your own hashtag feed. So then all of the content that people have created with that hashtag, including yours and anyone else, has its own hashtag feed. And you can just go into that at any time and sort of sort through it and look for content that you might want to share so that's one of the real benefits about it. It's like it's got this own place that it stores everything. People can click on it and go in and just see all the variety of all the different things. You might not want to share everything, but everything is is in there. So it's kind of like all your, you know, digital testimonials in one place and people can yeah. go in there. I know you're going to go into an example, but before you do it too, examples that I can think of that illustrate some interesting points, what you were talking about. So me and some friends in Orange County, California had this nonprofit. It used to be called a tweet up before Instagram. So we had a hashtag that was for the tweet up and the hashtag was connect OC. We wanted to bring people together in Orange County to these networking events where we could meet in person and we were supporting local nonprofits, but connect OC was also claimed by another organization. It was a few months after we did our, our event and then some other organizations started talking about ConnectOC. So you really don't have any control, right, over that branded hashtag, which is why you want to include your company or brand name if, if it possible. And another one, just one of my clients, they're a hair color company. So they have hashtag color me and then the brand of the hair color. So that means that it not only has the name of the, the brand, but also what they do. So it's this really unique and powerful combination that whenever someone sees the hashtag, they immediately, they have an idea what that company does. So I thought that yeah. was like a really, really good best practice if you can be creative with your branded hashtag. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people are really creative and it's not their business name, uh, but that's still a risk because you don't own a hashtag. Like you can't say to someone, that's mine, don't use it. <laughs> yeah, we had those <laughs> conversations, but yep, can't do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think best practice probably is having your business name and then what it is. So like, you know, a Big Blue Portland Cafe or something, if it was called Big Blue Portland and then cafe is what it is. So just, yeah, try and use your handle is probably the easiest thing as long as it's not too generic. And then basically with your branded hashtag, you can just go into that every week and scroll through it, look through what's in there. And, yeah, I can sort of talk about that's probably sort of what I do for my business. 
but also with branded hashtags, you can create ones for events. So just say every year you have a conference, you have the conference name and then generally the year. So, you know, Ballerine Arts Trail 2023, that's one that I'm working on at the moment. So you put the year in there. So then when the content's sorted, it's sort of relevant to the current event because there could be stuff in there from from years ago. So you can have event-specific ones as well, which is really good, and a lot of people will tag you at events. I've sort of got some examples that I've just taken out of people's bios of how they've requested content. So I can go through couple of those we can have a chat about them so for example people in their I've got these out of people's Instagram bios one is tag at Australia or hashtag see Australia to give us permission to repost Mm. so that's the main tourism account for Australia so that's pretty much all they've got in their bio that's what they want. They want UGC and their account would probably be 100% UGC. Obviously, they've probably got some paid stuff in there as well. And then some other examples are tag, hashtag, a guide to Ocean Grove to share. Another one, we help the world to capture and share itself in immersive and exciting ways. Meet the new hashtag GoPro Hero 12. So mm. GoPro use heaps of UGC. Another one, share with us your hashtag Daniel's Donuts moments. <laughs> We've got one that has the phone emoji, then just hashtag Melbourne Museum. Then there's share your visit, hashtag Melbourne Museum. Tag your photos with hashtag Disneyland for a chance to be featured. I mean, these yeah. are massive companies like Disneyland, you know, in their social media bio that's what they have tag your photos with hashtag disneyland for that's what they want they are sourcing it so these big huge people are doing it they know the value of it then and I think the clearer they are with that call to action the mm-hmm. easier it is for someone to actually respond and do it right when you have a bunch of stuff and it's like oh tag us it's not the same as those examples. I thought the visit us was it visit Australia, the very first one was very yeah. powerful as, as well. Very, very clear. Yeah. Although, you know, it says tag at Australia or hashtag see Australia to give us permission to repost. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. It doesn't really I definitely want to talk about that. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't really give them permission, but yeah, it's they're clear about what they want. Can you give an example? You had mentioned that. You work with a number of accounts that generate so much user-generated content that they could post 100% organic if they wanted to? Some of the local yeah. tourism accounts there in Australia? Yeah. So I run, I live in an area that's actually quite a small area. The local towns where I live is about 25,000 people. So it's it's quite a small area. But I have some local business and tourism accounts called A Guide to Ocean Grove, A Guide to Bowen Heads, and A Guide to Geelong. And my branded hashtags for those are hashtag A Guide to Ocean Grove, hashtag A Guide to Bowen Heads. So people in the area know what it is and it's consistent across any of those accounts. It's the same sort of hashtag across all of those accounts. So from those local accounts, just keeping in mind that only 25,000 people live in these two areas, 
with just the branded hashtags to get this number I've taken out all of my posts as well I've had 17,000 tags with those hashtags now these are small accounts I mean they've got 9,000 followers each they're small accounts in a small area but that's how much content you can generate from it's not a big business it's not even a big location there's not even that many people that live here so 17,000 pieces of content across those accounts just with the branded hashtags so I basically every day or every couple of days I just go through the hashtag hub looking for what people have tagged me with and the process, it's a sort of a manual process that I use. There, There's obviously some people use automated processes, but I like to select what I want to use as well. And I, firstly, you should acknowledge and thank everyone who has tagged you, whether you want to share it or not, because mm. they have made an effort and they like you and appreciate you and they're sharing your business with their friends and family. So they're promoting you. So you just at least say thanks or glad you had a great time or whatever it is, you make a comment or you can send them a direct message. But if you actually want to share it, you need to ask for permission. So you can't just reshare someone else's content. So an easy way to do that is just to comment on their post, like say, you know, oh, looks like you had a fantastic weekend. That cafe looked amazing. This is a great picture. Do you mind if I share? That's all something really simple. And then you wait for them to respond. So you don't share it unless they respond in writing saying, most people write back, oh, I'd love you too, no problems, you know, thumbs up, whatever. It's pretty casual. We don't mm. want to make it too formal. Is this um, normally done over commenting on that post that they published? Is it done through DM, email, or is it just keep it simple, just comment on the user-generated content, await for a reply there, it's public, it's very really clear, simple. would that be a recommendation? Yeah, so my process is I look for who's tagged me. I either comment on the post and sort of say thank you and ask if I can share it. And then I actually save the post in a repost app so anything that I have asked the question, I save it all in the repost app. So it's sort of like in a queue there waiting for a response. Okay. Um, sometimes I might send them a direct message or if they've direct messaged me, I might uh, message them. Or if I want to do a little bit more with the content than just simply reshare it, I'll send them a direct message. So I might want to make a reel out of it or combine it with some other things or I might look at their account and see that they've actually got heaps of really cool content and I ask them do you mind if I make a reel out of a few of your images so that sort of stuff I would do in the direct messages if it's just a simple hey love this thanks so much can I share that'd just be a comment so if you want maybe something a bit more or a bit more of a discussion, maybe move it into the direct messages. And then once they reply, you know, best practice is to actually take a screenshot of the reply mm. and store them somewhere because... In case it's deleted, right? Yeah, like, or later they might say, I never said you could share that, you know. 
Um, and so you can say, well, you did. Here, I've got a screenshot of it. Um, you know, if you are a business, a big business, and you're going to be doing this, you might want to consult with a lawyer. Like, you know, we can't provide that advice to you. But as long as you've got written permission, every person who creates content, they own that content. So you can't just go and do what you want with it and reshare it. So you do have to ask. But also by asking, it establishes a relationship and opens mm. up opportunities for you to talk to new people, for them to get to know you, promote you more. Then next time they're out or they're using your product, they're going to do it again and again. And you're getting that content plus, you know, they're promoting you to their network as well. So that's how I sort of do it with the branded hashtag. Let me ask you, and maybe we were going to go into this later, but asking for permission to repost and remix versus asking for permission to use their post in uh, an ad or to use it on your website. Have you ever had those conversations with creators? I don't do that. I just avoid that personally because yeah. I think then you're looking at contracts and um, I know there are people who, if they want to share UGC, they say, you know, send us a DM and then they direct message them some form that they've got to sign and it it just becomes complicated. And if you feel a need to do that, then you do it, but you'll lose people along the way. But if sure. you want to use it on your website or outside of the platform, then I think that's different. I don't, I stay away from that because I don't want to, you know, engage with contracts and things like that. And I take photos myself, so I don't maybe need that so much. But if, mm. if I was a business, I'd probably just pay the content creator for the content and then be able to use it, you know, as I wanted. Right. One more question, which is that 17,000 piece of user-generated content library, how much time has it taken for you to to amass that? is Was this over a few months, a few years, or what would your estimated like length of time be? Over years. So, okay. I mean, I started these accounts seven years ago. Um, okay. I haven't sort of measured how much content I had each year to know. I think probably in the last few years, it really ramped up a bit. So it's just consistent. But the entire time I've been running these accounts it's been primarily user-generated content and like I was going to say it's not just even 17,000 pieces like there's other ways that I've been tagged on top of that which is tags in the post where people can like at mention you in the image and then that's gotcha. a feed in your Instagram account you know when you look at your profile and there's a little box on the right with a head in it if you tap on that that's anyone who's tagged you in the photo. So that's gotcha. another way people can do it. That's still user generated. And then you've got your app mentions and then you've all, which you get a notification. So you can go and have a look at it. But then you've also got stories. So people tagging you in stories, which you want them to do with the app mention, the handle, because then you can reshare it. And, you know, almost on a daily basis, I'm getting those as well. So I'm not even counting any of that content in that 17,000 gotcha. pieces. So it's coming in from lots of different directions. And one thing I suppose also once you start doing this is that 
people will do it uh, won't tag you properly. So <laughs> they might misspell the hashtag or not quite get it right. So you can actually search, you know, sort of for your business name or something and you can find content that people have tried to tag you on successfully and you can maybe reshare that as well if you want to spend the time doing that. So is the process of, we talked about the promotion or promoting your Instagram handle to generate user-generated content. Would you say the process of promoting your branded hashtag is pretty much the same or is there anything that might be a little bit different? It's pretty much the same, but like I normally in all of my content uh, in my caption, I always have a call to action all the time asking for tags. So whether that's, you know. In every post. Yep, every post. Fantastic. Um, what are you up to this weekend? Tag me on your adventures at the Guide to Ocean Grove. Smart. And then I also have a, what I call a caption signature and so think of your email signature with specific instructions asking for user-generated content. So if you're a business, no matter what it is, you could have a caption signature that you just copy and paste into every post that you do and you just say, you know, your call to action, like tag us with your X images at blah, hashtag, whatever your branded hashtag is. So Every time they see a piece of your content, there's the request, there's your branded hashtag, there's your account name. So it's always there and every piece. I do it with every piece of content. It's just a copy and paste. So you just yeah, it's fantastic. make it up once. So that's, you know, you are by far one of my most well-prepared guests who sent me some documentation beforehand covering the topic, which has made it very, very easy for me to interview. It's also why sometimes you see me looking off camera a little bit. But one of the questions you had prepared, which we've you've already given tons of advice, and this last one especially, how do you get shareable UGC? You talked about promoting your handle and branded hashtag. Include your community in your content strategy. Is that similar to what you just said of talking to your community in your caption and then say, hey, fill me in on what's going on by tagging me? Is that sort of the idea there? Yeah, well, it's looking at your online community. How can they create content for you? They probably already are creating content for you, but including it in your content strategies. So it could be, I want to try and source UGC for one post a week and I will really celebrate those people and, you know, really pump them up and make make them feel good and make everyone see that and want to be part of that as well. It could be, I want multiple pieces of content. I want it all to be UGC. But it's just including a community is everything, like your messaging, what you're asking for, your calls to action, resharing, thanking people, you know, acknowledging them. You know, you just think, like, say you were at a conference and you had a stand at an exhibition or something, and someone's standing at the front of your stand talking to other businesses and they're like, oh, this is so great. Like, I've got this, you should check it out. You know, you wouldn't just ignore them. You'd say, oh, wow, thank you so much for saying that. Really appreciate it. And it's the same if people are posting about you online, you should be grateful and reaching out to them. And 
and it takes time like it's hard to automate those things because mm. you've got to search for them and then you've got to have a genuine comment and they might write back and so you're engaging with them so it's just about deciding you know how you want your community to be part of your user generated content strategy and another thing i do to sort of mix it up and grow the account and get more UGC as well is I don't just rely on the branded hashtag and the the app mentions. I also search for people creating content in this location. So you can search for people creating content in your industry. And then I ask them, oh, I really love that image. Do you mind if I share? And so they haven't tagged me. But generally, most people say yes. So then I share them, I tag it, I put my branded hashtag and everything, I share it to my stories, they share it to their stories. And then quite often, they'll start following me and then they'll start tagging me because Mm. they're like, oh, she shares my thing. She's got, you know, a big audience relative to where I live. You know, she's got a big audience. And so they... They didn't necessarily know about me. I found them and I asked for it. But then it gives me a bigger variety of content. It exposes me to their audience and then they are more likely to then from that point to start tagging me. So you can search for it as well. And that's a good way to get started. Like Mm. if you think, you know, why why would anyone tag me, you know? (laughs) So you could be a small business of any type and you think it's not very Instagrammable so you could start with obviously promoting your hashtag and your handle but you Mm -hmm. could search for content that you think would suit your account that relates to what you do and your audience would be interested in it and you can reach out to the person and say hey I really love that post do you mind if I share it and then you share it and you put your branded hashtag and you sort of say oh, thanks so much for sharing. Like other people don't know that you actually asked them. Um, And then people see that and you can keep doing that. Maybe you need to do that for a little while to get the ball rolling and you need to ask all your customers. So you can email your current customers and say, hey, you know, I'd really love to share some feedback through social media if you wouldn't mind tagging me with what you like about our products or your favourite part of the book or how you've used this or whatever it is you want to ask for. And if you could tag me with a hashtag, blah, some people might do it and then you can share that and that's a good way to sort of start as well. But when you just start promoting your handle and hashtag, it's not just going to magically sort of appear. You have to put a bit of effort in and you might have to ask first via email or in person like customers if you're meeting someone for consulting or someone comes into your shop and you're they're buying something you say you know what we really love it if you could take a photo of this when you get home and tag us and they probably will so you know most people are taking the photos anyway so it's just one little extra step to tag you so yeah you can get started yourself by actively looking, asking, sending um, requests to your customers or to even people that you work with, like other similar businesses. Yeah, I think you've 
you've gone through, you know, pretty much all the bullet points. The one that, that I really love was ask for in-person selfies with customers. So not only, hey, when you get home, take when they're in the spot. And I think this is something if you're B2B at a conference, if they're in your coffee shop, or even for, you know, any situation where you have the ability to be together with someone, just to to ask that simple question. People love selfies. I find when I ask people for selfies, they they like immediately start to smile, light up, right? Um, yeah. So I think that's also a really easy one to think about. And I think inherently it'll make you more social as well, which will carry over to your social media and to your user-generated content. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, thinking of an event, if say one of the speakers took a self, like you took a selfie with them and you shared it and everyone's like, oh, wow, you went there, you, you know them, whatever. Then the next time the event comes around and you get an email about it, you may be more likely to go because you feel like, oh, I kind of know that person and I the had personal a personal connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just that one-off occasion. It's like um, ongoing relationships as well. Yeah. And, you know, I had a little, I had a little pause there because I lost my train of thought just now and I'm, and I'm just remembering it because this, this bridge between taking a selfie with your customer and the testimonial and feedback. So I work with a lot of realtors and it's like every sale should generate a testimonial, but that testimonial ideally should come from the customer and it should be on social media in terms of user generated content. Right. So that's, that is, I think where, you know, when we talk about how universal this is, it's not just for tourism and in small towns in Australia, it's any business that relies on testimonials of being able to get them in person together at your company, but having them post it on their profile. I mean, it leads to an interesting discussion. Do we want them to leave a review for us on Google or do we want them to post a selfie with us on Instagram? I, I, we'd argue both, obviously. Um, but I think it's just another way of thinking and asking for it that can deliver results. And I'm assuming, Catherine, you've seen just similar shifts of mindset of asking more for it and finding situations where you can you know, get your community involved will naturally lead to more user-generated content being generated, right? Has, has that been your experience? Yeah, and I think you have to make it easy for people. Mm. Um, like if they have to take too many steps, you lose a lot of people on the way. You might get a few, but say leaving a testimonial, maybe you've emailed them and they've got to click on a link and then maybe they yep. have to sign into something and they can't remember their password, like that's too hard. Um, whereas the easiest thing is, yeah, just share in your stories, take a photo of the sold sign, you know, let's get a selfie after, you know, the auction or the sale with the agent and, and you know, posting about it in the feed and you can write things like, you know, thanks so much to Sue and Joe or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. Really love selling, you know, character homes or whatever it is. And that person's going to share that probably on their account too. And, you know, then their friends and family see that and are like, oh, those agents look really good. Like even just seeing happy, smiling people together, um, you know, works really well. So, yeah, it really doesn't, I mean, I think for real estate it would work really, really well. I mean, everyone loves looking at houses anyway, but um, <laughs> just the nice happy photos, like it's a pretty um, huge event to sell a house. So, yeah, happy customers, nothing better. Yeah. So I think we, you know, one of the other things we wanted to cover was the the permission and copyright. So I think you went over that 
one of the last things we want to discuss, though, was you have this concept of manual versus automated UGC collection. I wanted to make sure we, we cover that today. So what, what is what should we be aware of? Is, I guess, is there an automated way to do this? But is it at the end of the day better to do it manual and take the time because we're trying to develop relationships? Well, I mean, I don't use the automated programs, but I believe that there are some out there. I think when you're getting started, you should be doing it yourself because you're making those initial relationships and you're also making those decisions about is this content that I want to share on my account that suits my account? And also, I mean, sometimes you might want to go and have a look at the person's account who tagged you and make sure that all of their content is something you want to be associated with. Sometimes I go and look at people's accounts and they might have videos where, you know, they're swearing or things like that, you know, in a fun sort of way, but that's not the sort of person that I am. So I don't necessarily want to be associated with that. So you've got to go and look at the type of content they create too if you want to because you are associating yourself with that person as well by sharing their content and if you aren't doing it very often then I think it's important that you know a bit about the person whose content you're putting on your feed and you know associating with your business so when you do it manually I guess you can do that at the start because maybe you've got the time but if it does get to be a lot. I don't know much about um, the automated ways of doing it, but I know there are ways of doing it. And that, you know, you can obviously they search for all your hashtags and any social mentions. Maybe there's some sort of bot that sends them a message and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, they write back. But yeah, you've just got to make sure you've really covered yourself that you do have permission, like written permission that you can share it that it is relevant and, and appropriate and that you're acknowledging the person and making them, you know, feel valued because they have taken the time to help promote your business and maybe an automated comment asking to share might not make them feel that great. But, you know, yeah. it's up to the individual. Like if you don't have time or you're really not that interested, maybe you just do the automated options. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, so automated is probably like using some sort of messenger bot. There might be some sort of email that sends out like asking for reviews and, you know, tags. But but yeah, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, you do have the right to decide whether or not you're going to use that photo on your feed. Um, and nevertheless, if you end up getting user-generated content from someone that you don't want to post, they may come back and say, well, you asked for it. I sent it to you. Why didn't you post it? And then you find yourself in a, you know, in a different situation. So ideally, I, and Catherine, I think you'd agree, we all want to be in a place where we are naturally getting so much user-generated content that we can pick and choose. And no one is going to, we don't have to individually reach out and ask for it because it's a part of our culture and it's a part of our relationship with our community, as you suggested. But and that actually brings me to something I wanted to cover as we get near the end here, which is that point, and you had said, we're going to talk about organic user-generated content. So I teach a class on influencer marketing here locally at UCLA Extension. And I begin the class talking about user-generated content because if people are not talking about you in social media, you need to get that word of mouth started. And a great way of doing that is through gifting product 
to smaller influencers and generating that user-generated content. This is a paid version. And then at the very end of the class, it's a five-week class, I get back the user-generated content saying, you want to have enough advocates and brand ambassadors that they're naturally creating all this content. You know, you won't even need to create as much content anymore by yourself because there's just so much flowing from the community, which is sort of, you've, you've paid, but you converted them into organically doing it. So I'm curious as to, have you ever consulted with businesses that no matter how much they tried, they, they still weren't generating enough and they, and they tried gifting product or other paid ways of getting that user-generated content? Um, not too much about paid, but recently um, I helped a, we call them servos in Australia, petrol station, which you call a gas station. Petrol, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we just talked about reaching out. I looked up a list of, you know, really nano influencers and provided a list of all the accounts that I thought they could reach out to and ask if they would go there and create some videos. And I said, you know, just let them be creative and create their own videos in their own style. Mm -hmm. And I sort of tried to target creators that were sort of of a younger demographic, you know, like pulling into the servo to go for a surf and, you know, just a fun, fun sort of videos. And I suggested that you would have to pay them. And some people might ask for more than others, depending on the size of their account. And they were sort of saying, oh, you know, what what do you think would be reasonable? And, Mm. you know, it was a bit of back and forth because as a content creator myself, I see the value and I know you know, not only are they spending their time to go there and create the videos, but it's the years they've spent building up their accounts and their reputation as well. So it is, it, it is valuable. But I guess from a business point of view, who hasn't done it before, it's hard to think, oh, giving that person, you know, X amount of money or, or, or vouchers or whatever. So it was for them a new sort of concept to do mm. that. But I think if they got a variety of um people from the local area that are really cool content creators making really cool videos whether they're sharing it on their account and collaborating with them or they're sending it to them and the business can post you know what what they want that's a great way to sort of get started and it's really Amen. fun and engaging and you, you do have to pay for that so but then yeah, and gets- i guess if they were to offer like one free month's worth of petrol they might not have to pay them, you know, that, and there, there are ways of paying in product and service where, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, depending on the creator at the end of the day, it might require that budget. And it's just a matter of thinking about where do you spend your marketing budget? So do a little bit less TV ads and magazine ad, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, it is a very, very common conversation that I think a lot of small businesses in the United States are having. I definitely want every business to be thinking about it, that if, if you don't have that word of mouth, at least there are other ways of doing it, it might cost a little money. But definitely, if these are local creators that live in the community that need gas, that tell their friends they need gas, and they all start hanging out at this at the petrol stand because it's the cool place yeah. they create videos, and maybe the petrol stand put together a really cool Instagrammable place where everyone wants to come and shoot their reels, yeah. then boom! I mean that that could be huge. Yeah, and you know, actually, that's something we didn't talk too much about is creating photo worthy opportunities and even a bit of theater, like. You know, having whether it's art or the way you deliver something, or if you have a package, you know, you send something out the way you package it, like actually making things photo worthy so that people yep. are like, oh, I've got to take a photo of this. And then obviously you have your 
handle and hashtag clearly advertised somewhere. But yeah, like no matter what you are, even if you're a petrol station, you could have a really cool photo opportunity inside, some fun stand or something like that. And you can have obviously competitions, you know, like we'll pick the best photo each month and they'll get a free voucher or something. And that's a good way to get heaps of UGC as well. But yeah, just I had, I've actually got a, an example on my account, a real, I went to a chocolatier and they do really fancy desserts and this big bowl of ice cream comes out and in in the ice cream are skewers like with little flags and it says snack something something like it, it basically said to take a photo and tag us and add on the skewers that were yeah, hanging out of the ice cream flags yeah really and smart it, yeah i'll send you the reel <laughs> And this thing is so extravagant and over the top anyway. Like it's this huge thing of ice cream with lollies coming out of it and everything. Wow. So, of course, everyone is going to make an unbelievable video and post it and tag them. And it's like, you know, what a fun, great way to ask for content. But to make it like that's really, you know, the theatre and photo worthy, making it really fun and interesting and if you can find ways to do that, you know, you'd just be, you'd have so much UGC, you know, you wouldn't be able to even share it all. Um, I suppose that's one other thing just quickly that sometimes the stuff people tag you in, maybe you think um, that's not quite the quality of what, what I want on my feed, but the person's gone to the effort and you still need to acknowledge them. So in those cases, I would always just share it to the stories yeah. and tag them and say thanks. And then they're happy, but you haven't had to put it, you know, permanently on your feed. So you can be selective. Mm. So basically the really good stuff you put in your feed and then the excess things or the things that maybe you don't want on your feed, you can just put in your stories. So the person is always still being recognised and um, everyone sees that in your stories as well. So I, I want to, um, you know, end our conversation on something we covered at the very beginning. And this is something I've been going back and forth with. We talked about Disneyland and in, in that podcast episode and in my book, they are one of these case studies of, of a brand that's hundred percent user generated content. But even you, when I asked, you said you're at about 90%. I'm assuming that, you know, there's always when you have new launches, new products, special events, there's always going to be the situations where you have your own content. But for all those other cases, you can leverage user generated content for 90% of your content and still have room for your own branded messages. And I'm assuming that that's sort of the ideal that you found and many of your clients have found as well. Is that is that a correct assumption? Yeah, definitely. So and a lot of it would be promoting um, events or sales or, mm -hmm. or things that your audience aren't going to do and they don't know about in advance to be able to do that so yeah mixing that in in with the the UGC that's probably what that small percentage would be or things that you specifically want to post about like you know it doesn't have to all be UGC so it could just be that it's a small part of your content but if people start doing it a lot more I think it'd be worthwhile considering you know, making it a large percentage of your content because, you know, why why wouldn't you? Like free content creation builds a know, like, and trust, you know, builds your community, 
makes you more relatable and trustworthy, like grows your audience, free digital word of mouth. It's like all the benefits. (laughs) Catherine, before we go, two last questions. One is, are there any other case studies that we we didn't talk about today that you wanted to make sure that get covered just in case people are at the end of this hour and they're still thinking, I don't know about UGC. Um, Any other things we can say to convince people? I think just getting started and you'll realize how good it is and you'll probably also really benefit from those relationships that you make with those initial people that you share their content because you might talk to them a little bit more in the DMs. You can also ask for feedback like what was it you liked about the book or what was it you liked about the event have you got any feedback you know in the direct messages and you could actually get some really good information and then yeah obviously build that relationship and I think just one other thing was especially with events I think it works really well with events and most people think of event day like sharing all the UGC on on event day but it's also about pre-event like trying to get user-generated content in the lead-up to the event to help promote the event sell more tickets build excitement so you know, I'm working on an event at the moment and we have emailed all the sort of, I guess, artists, but for any event it could be like speakers or ambassadors, even attendees, specifically requesting UGC, you know, like, for example, I'm like, I'm currently, hello, like, uh, you know, we emailed the artists, hello artists, you know, to help promote the arts trail on social media, please tag us. And just really specific, here's the event hashtag, here's the, the handle, you know, and we sort of say it's really important that we all do this, blah, blah, blah. But you can also request that of all your participants when they sign up, you know, tell us what you're excited about or um, share your journey as you travel over here or, you know, which speakers you're looking forward to seeing, whatever it is. You might send them something in the mail and ask them to take a photo and just yeah. reshare all of that builds up the hype about something as well. And that could be a sale or an event. And then you potentially will get more sales and customers from doing that as well. So it's not just, say, with an event, the event day. It's like everything, you know, leading up to it that you can take advantage of to create lots of content. And I think, yeah, with with events it's a really really great opportunity and if I was running an event I mean I help with events if I was running an event I would make sure that I've employed someone and that's their one and only job you know yep forcing UGC figuring out ways to get it making sure that we're promoting our handle and hashtag making sure we've got photo worthy opportunities and being there obviously on the day but also just looking and sharing everything like it's not just something on the side. It should be like one of your biggest sort of marketing activities. Yeah. And, and Catherine, I'm sure you'd agree. I mean, some might think this is an exaggeration, but if you do your event right and you plan it with UGC in mind, you might just be able to create a year's worth of content from an event. And and this is why I challenge my clients and I want to challenge all of you. Why don't you create an event for the sole purpose of generating UGC, right? If you if you know if you have no other way of doing it, I love the case study that I I've shared before of General Electric of having this GE InstaWalk in their aircraft engine factory, right? It gives them an excuse to bring in photographers to you know have an Instagramable experience through an event. 
So it's something that really any business, B2C, B2B can do. And I, I couldn't agree more that events are so powerful for so many reasons, but from a UGC perspective as well, it's a great excuse to get lots of content. So, so Catherine, this has been fantastic. For those that are listening, you know, I know that you consult with businesses one-on-one, you do workshops all around UGC. If people that are listening, watching, want to get in touch with you, where should we send them? Preferably Instagram, a guide to <laughs> underscore social media and um, send me a DM or just tag me with your pictures from today, please. So I'll share it to my stories. Oh, one quick tip is go into your um, Instagram settings and make sure that anyone can tag you because your settings might be set to only people that follow you or that you follow can tag you so you don't want to miss out on those opportunities as well so yeah if you could tag us in your stories with a screenshot right now (laughs) that'd be great but yeah find me on instagram and my website's a guide to socialmedia.com and yeah reach out with any questions or if you think you have a business that's a bit tricky send me the challenge and i'll get back to you I'm sure there's no, I'm sure you love the challenge. So once again, take a photo. Well, if you're listening on a podcast, just take a photo wherever you are. If you're working at the gym, if you're driving, be careful, like wait until you pull aside, but tag Neil Schaefer and a guide to underline social media on the socials. We'd love to hear from you. Catherine, this has been really awesome. Thank you so much for all your time. You've been really generous with it. You've given a lot of really, really targeted advice. And I think talking about this versus talking about how do I get more followers or how do I get more likes? It really is much more valuable and it just gets to the heart of what social media should be about for businesses and about generating word of mouth. So thank you for, you know, I really appreciate that. We, we have very, very similar opinions uh, on the subject and you've added just a tremendous amount of value. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was great to talk. Really loved it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. The fact that this interview actually went over an hour, I think shows the passion that both Catherine and I have for the subject of user-generated content and how incredibly powerful it can be. Like I said, this is one of the dedicated chapters, one of the dedicated strategies in my upcoming book, and you'll be hearing more about that in the not-so-distant future. All right, well, this was a long one. I'm not gonna keep you any longer. I want you to listen to the next episode of this podcast or whatever podcast you enjoy listening to. I'm a podcast listener. I subscribe to, I don't know, 10 different podcasts, so keep listening. And that's it. I wanna thank you for your subscriptions, for all your reviews all your support, all the social media notifications, the tags, and all the emails. Love you all. Can't wait to serve you in the next episode. Until then, this is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing off. You've been listening to your digital marketing coach. Questions, comments, requests, links? Go to podcast.neilshafer.com. Get the show notes to this and 200 plus podcast episodes and neilshafer.com to tap into the 400 plus blog posts that Neil has published to support your business. While you're there, check out Neil's digital first group coaching membership community if you or your business needs a little helping hand. See you next time on your digital marketing coach.